time for your Saturday morning coffee with Reese Boyd. Reese Boyd is on right now. Talk 94.5. Good morning, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to another edition of Saturday Morning Coffee, the Reese Boyd Radio Hour. 7.08 on your Saturday morning, Saturday, March the 5th, 2022. Thanks for joining us here on the program. I, of course, am Reese Boyd, local attorney here in town with the firm of Davis & Boyd, Attorneys at Law. I'm your host for Saturday Morning Coffee. Thanks for tuning in this morning here at Saturday Morning Coffee. We invite you to sit down, pour yourself a cup. Of your favorite coffee, join us as we talk about the news, current events, all the things happening in this world. Goodness gracious, what a world we are living in uh, these days. May you live in interesting times. We certainly do. It is uh, unbelievable all that's going on in the world, folks. We're going to do our best to help you unpack it here this morning. Here at Saturday Morning Coffee, we're all about limited government, lower taxes, more freedom, everything that means more freedom for you, more freedom for me, more freedom for all of us who are We, the people, we've got a country to save, no doubt about it. We have got a lot of work in front of us, folks, and it starts right here, right here in the studio, right there in your kitchen, right around your kitchen table, right in your car, wherever you are listening to the sounds of my voice. And uh, it it goes from there. It's uh, not just about talking, it's about doing, but we start by informing and making sure that uh, everybody knows what they need to know. And uh, knowledge is power, and that's what we aim to do here is give you the power uh, to make a change in your life and to make a change in the world, folks. Joined here in the studio, as always, by producer extraordinaire Dr. Glenn Dye. Dr. Dye, how are you this morning? I'm good, Reese. How are you this morning? I'm doing pretty good. I, I, with, I'm sans coffee. I'm without coffee this morning. So are you kidding me? It's Saturday morning coffee. I know. The show, we've got a show about coffee. And I've got no coffee this morning. Well, you know, we have a coffee. Yeah, we got a coffee, but it's not my favorite. But it's. it's, (laughs) I saw decaf in there. I'm like, who's who's drinking decaf? Who does decaf? At a a radio station where people get up at 3 o'clock or 2.30 in the morning. Who does decaf? I, I, my wife, I got up this morning. She said, do you want me to make you coffee? And I said, of course, being the kind, affectionate husband that I am, said, honey, don't worry about it. I'll take care of it. Of course, I walked downstairs, forgot to make it. The next thing I know, I was, I was busily getting ready. I thought, well, I'll just grab some on the way. And by the time I got out of the, out of the door, of course, you know the rest of the story. I didn't have time because I, I got to Dunkin' Donuts and there was a line. So. Okay. Well, you know, previous life, I got up in the middle of the night anyway. So coffee has always been, I mean, before peeing, I am heading to the coffee maker to heading get to that sucker maker. warmed up. Uh, I, I, I've been, um, actually, Carol tells me that's your first thing as you think of is coffee. Well, and it's usually the first thing I think of, but uh, I a little logistical snafu this morning. We did not, we did not connect, did not execute. So, you got to think about it, and you have to execute. Yeah, I was surprised you're doing the show this morning live, and you weren't running the Myrtle Beach Marathon this morning. You know, I, well, I thought we talked about that a little bit. We got the Myrtle Beach Marathon. Have you ever run a marathon? No, I, you know, I broke my ankle, turned my foot around backwards. So Ooh. I might be able to run for my life, but I'm not running a marathon. I, um, <laughs> I have run. I've run several half marathons. I've run one marathon in my 
day, younger day. That was the Marine Corps Marathon in Washington, D.C. And I actually, last year, I thought about the marathon. I thought about mm-hmm. it briefly, mm-hmm. then yeah, briefly, thought, yeah. thought better of it. Um, this year, of course, about a week ago, of course, way too late to think about getting ready. I, I thought about it again. I would like to do it. I've decided I want to do the Myrtle Beach Marathon. So at some point, I'm not in shape to run a marathon now, but at some point I will. Uh, well, you lived up in the Washington area. Do you remember Glenn Brenner? Uh, he was a sportscaster. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And he passed away during mm-hmm. a marathon. Um, yep. Collapsed and died. Yep. Re- uh, very young man, too. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. It's a, it's a, I remember um, the year that I ran the Marine Corps Marathon. It was a lot like training. Mm-hmm. Um, but I obviously pushed myself harder on marathon day and it was manageable up until about mile 22, but yeah. between mile 22 and mile 26, Glenn, I don't think I, it, it was pain. Like I just mm-hmm. could not, it, it, it was hard to describe how painful it was. I can imagine. But anyway, it was, uh, so it's, I think it's on my bucket list. I'm, I'm, uh, I'm wondering if that's a feasible item or not for me now, but I'll, uh, I'll think about it more this year. Maybe, maybe next year will be that year, Glenn. So we uh, hope you guys are either uh, going to get out and enjoy some of this uh, fun activity today here in town with the marathon, or maybe some of you are running the marathon and you can let us know how it goes. We invite you to join the program. As always, the call-in line is 843-903-2945. You can also join us on the PCRXcomputers.com text line. That number is 843-798-TALK. That's 843-798-8255. Tweet your comments to the show. At Reese Boyd is the Twitter handle. You can also email your comments to SMC at gmail.com. SMC at gmail.com. You can also call me at the offices of Davis and Boyd. Many of you like to call uh, during the week, during normal business hours at the day job. That, of course, is as an attorney at law at Davis with the firm of Davis and Boyd. The number there at the office is 843 839 9-800-843-839-9800. Always love to hear from you guys. I've gotten to know quite a few of you over the years doing this show and, and uh, just have a lot of fun chatting with you guys about whatever's on your mind. So feel free to give us a call anytime, and particularly anytime we can uh, be of assistance uh, for any legal matters, personal or business, that you may have. Also wanted to remind you guys that um, Saturday Morning Coffee is available as a podcast. The podcast is growing, Glenn. Lots mm-hmm. of uh, lots of good response to the podcast, and occasionally we'll put a contest in the podcast that's especially for the podcast. So if you don't miss the sh- if you miss the show, don't worry about it. You can always check the podcast by going into your Google Podcast app or about any podcast provider. Actually, Apple CarPlay or Apple Podcast. Search for Saturday Morning Coffee. Look for the familiar blue and red coffee cup logo. And uh, click listen now, or even better, click subscribe, and you'll get each podcast episode as it's uploaded to the podcast page. But uh, thanks, y'all. Thank y'all for checking that out, and hope you'll uh, subscribe when you can. Um, so, what is your coffee? Have you got coffee over there? Uh, yeah, this morning? I'm, stu- I'm kind of stuck on the on the Costco stuff. There you um, go. I, I, I mean, I love Costco. You know that. Um, I just also wanted to let you know that your yeah. podcast is also available on our website. If you haven't checked out the new website, talk945.com, and just scroll down to podcast, and you'll see all the Saturday. Programming, Liz Calloway show, yeah, everything. Cool, very so, good. It's a great so, website. Good so. website. Yeah, it, it looks good, and and they're still working on it, putting on some stuff for this show mm-hmm. uh, that we've still got to provide. So yeah, I invite y'all to check that out. It is of course uh, Myrtle Beach uh, Marathon Day here in the city. So as Glenn noted, there'll be some traffic uh, delays, but by mid morning those should be sort of getting back to normal, and you should be uh, fine for this afternoon. But uh, when does the marathon start officially, Glenn? Uh, well, it, it, probably 6.30. 
I believe it's going on right now. Yeah, I believe um, it's underway. Uh, yeah. I believe 6.30 was the starting time, and they said the last um, runner should cross the finish line. Yeah. So a lot to talk about here on the show today, folks. We've got a great show coming up for you here on the program. We're going to be joined in the second hour by our own Savannah Craven. Savannah's been on the show many times. She's a musician. She's a conservative activist. And uh, hopefully she'll bring me a cup of coffee. Maybe that's, uh, maybe that's my solution. She's going to be joining us in the second hour of Saturday Morning Coffee. We're also going to be talking to Jeanette Spurlock, who is a candidate for Congress in the 7th Congressional, Congressional District here in uh, the greater Myrtle Beach area and the uh, PD, and we'll be talking to her in the second hour, so we invite you guys to stick around. And, of course, tons to talk about here on the show. Hopefully we'll get to most of it. Most of it in my fairly large stack. I'm Reese Boyd. That's Glenn Dye. This is Saturday Morning Coffee. Stick with us. We'll be right back after these words from our sponsors. Saturday Morning Coffee, the Reese Boyd Radio Hour, is now two full hours. More Reese coming up next on Talk 94.5. Liz Calloway here for Conway Ford, your hometown dealership. Buying a vehicle is a big decision. You've spent hours online researching vehicles, reading reviews, and now you're ready to buy. Conway Ford makes your buying experience easy and stress-free. Over 100 pre-owned vehicles in stock and new inventory arriving daily. Conway Ford's buying experience is easier than their competitors, and they guarantee it. For the best buying experience, take the short drive to Conway Ford. Exceeding expectations every day. You're listening to the Reese Boyd Radio Hour, Saturday morning coffee on Talk 94.5. I don't believe you. Don't touch me. Hey, Ray. Hey, Sugar. Tell them who we are. Well, we're big rock singers. We got golden fingers. And we're loved everywhere we go. That sounds like us. We sing about beauty and we sing about truth. $10,000 a show, right? We take all kind of pills to give us all kind of thrills, but the thrill we never know is the thrill that'll get you when you get your picture on the cover of the Rolling Stone. Rolling Stone. Wanna see my picture on the cover? Good morning, everybody. Welcome back to Saturday Morning Coffee, the Reese Boyd Radio Hour 720 on your Saturday morning. Thanks for joining us here on the show. By the way, don't know if you guys realize it, Glenn, this is the 24th running of the Myrtle Beach Marathon. Did you realize it had been around that long? No. And 4,500 runners expected to run or are running in the uh, marathon this morning. Of course, we did not have it in uh, 2020. Due to uh, COVID-19 restrictions, it was uh, rekindled in May 2021, and now we're off today for the running of the 24th annual Myrtle Beach Marathon between 4,000 and 4,500 runners uh, expected to compete in a full marathon, a half marathon, and five kilometer kilometer Can you imagine running with a mask on? Oh, my gosh. I, is anybody run, I can't I could not run with a mask. Yeah. And look you know? what's happening across the country with the mask mandates, the vaccine mandates, the the uh, vaccine uh, certification that you you know showing that you've been vaccinated. It's all kind of going away, isn't it? It's funny. Mm-hmm. And you know, interesting, uh, Glenn. That was on the that's on the docket uh, today because there's really nothing that has changed in the underlying 
case counts for Omicron and COVID-19 generally. There's not been a big change in the uh, in hospitalization rates. I mean, really what I think has happened, and of course, the, the New York mayor, uh, the, the various uh, lockdown legislation is just being quietly repealed. Mm-hmm. The NFL has said, oh, well, back to normal. Monday morning, kids won't have to wear their mask in kids school. Kids won't in New have York. to wear their mask in school in New York. Mm-hmm. And so suddenly I, I thought about what is exactly is it that has changed? And I think what they have realized, Glenn, is that these folks who have been pushing these mandates, these mask mandates, these lockdowns, they're on the wrong side of the argument. And I think they finally realized and people have finally decided that we are tired of being told what to do. Well, and the lies. I mean, oh, yeah. Jen Psaki this week said that nothing that President Biden has done has affected gas prices. The prices are going up because of Ukraine. Oh, yeah. That well, is had, such they, a lie. They've had a lot of theories. They've had a lot of theories that they've thrown out uh, from that podium. But, yeah, I think when I say people are being tired of, of, of being told what to do, people will listen, Glenn, as long as they feel like the people in charge are competent and that they're attempting to do their job acting in what they perceive to be the best interest of the of the greater good, mm-hmm. doing the best for the country, doing the best for her people. Right. But when they realize that, they, that they're just lying empty suits and that they don't know what they're talking about and they quote science when, they, when it suits their purpose and they ignore it when it doesn't, mm-hmm. they're like, oh, no, we're done. Homie, don't play that. Mm-hmm. We're not doing this anymore. And it makes you realize the sooner we become thoughtful, critiquing the actions of government, analyzing what they're doing, figuring out whether they're really uh, doing what's right, the, the sooner people wise up Basically, the sooner we get our freedom back, mm-hmm. you know, and, and it's the it's the age all the age old adage, um, you know, you have to be vigilant. You've got to be vigilant. So but, yeah, uh, what a busy week. A lot going on. The lockdowns, of course, are are being quietly repealed in some cases, not so quietly. Mask mandates uh, disappearing. Suddenly, everybody wants to just say, hey, let's just get back to normal, because mm-hmm. I know that what's really driving this ultimately think about this is politics. Absolutely. People on the left, progressives realize they're about to get crushed in midterm elections. <laughs> and so, you know, I don't know. Did you check out the State of the Union? I mean, um, yes, I did. Su- suddenly you hear, I stayed up for that. And I had to get up at three o'clock in the morning because, you know, this past week I feel you like did the Liz show. Yeah. So, yeah, what a waste of time. Liz was smart. Liz went to bed and then got up early to watch. And I told her there was no difference in watching it live. That you didn't miss anything. You didn't miss a thing. But I only got that night, what, four hours sleep, if that. Yeah, so, you didn't. You didn't have a. You didn't have a full. I will night. never you do it your, again. You didn't get your full night's rest, and it was it awful, Glenn. Yeah. It was, if it was a high school debate class, right? Mm-hmm. I would, or a speech class, I would have probably said, "Okay, uh, Joe, that's a, you know, that's a C, maybe a B." <laughs> but there was no soaring rhetoric. Um, there was no sweeping thematic. I mean, all he did, literally, was was read a mediocre speech from a large print teleprompter and right. you could see that that was what he was doing and it was not it was not inspiring there was no soaring i didn't hear you know ronald reagan talking about a city on a hill or donald j trump the best is yet to come you know my fellow americans you know our, our best days i mean nothing that would inspire 
or encourage people to pull together mm-hmm. and achieve or to do anything of great substance or it was just divisive it was media it was mediocre and divisive and Amen. i thought I, as i sat there and i was my kids were in the room i'm thinking to myself this is just awful it's just and, and the funny thing is is all the the talking heads and particularly everybody on the left the mainstream media they're like oh uncle joe's back yeah there he there yeah. he is so there inspiring yeah you know, so no it was just the only thing the only thing that he did was he managed to get through the speech uh, without thoroughly embarrassing himself or, or or completely flubbing it up. I mean, but I guess for them that's a victory. Well, but, but being flanked by the two women behind him and their reactions. Oh my gosh! Yeah. Unbel- well, and and of course we heard about in reference to Ukrainians. We heard you know the Uranians, yeah. the Iranians, the Ukuleleans. <laughs> No, that wasn't Euclidean. That wasn't well, you know, exaggerating a little bit. But he did say Iranians. He said Uranians. And the funny thing is, um, you know, he didn't catch those mistakes. No. He just kept going. Rolled right by it. And, and well, they so, teach in broadcasting, if you're going to make a mistake, just plow through it. People have short memories. But he seemed to have very little familiarity yeah. with, with the text. And he, my point is, I don't think he wrote a word of that speech. Mm-hmm. I think it was handed to him, and I think he pro- he practiced and practiced and practiced until he had the mechanical delivery of the speech down. But it was not inspiring. There was just nothing, and I found so much in it. If you look at the speech, and I thought, well, let's don't even spend more than a couple of seconds talking about it because it's just not worth it. It no. was really, it was really thoroughly mediocre, and it was divisive. It's like the oh, the rich need to pay their fair share. I mean. I'm not rich, and I get sick of hearing about it. Right. You know, I mean, it's like, is that all y'all have? Hey, is it all the Democrats can do is divide this country? That's all into, they have. How many how many pieces can they slice the pie up into? Mm-hmm. It, that seems to be their only strategy is to divide us and try then to accumulate as many of those little pieces as they can by uh, divvying out the handouts to them preferentially mm-hmm. in an effort to assemble votes to win elections. Mm-hmm. That's really the only – that's their only strategy. And and it's just it gets tired. It's old. It's and when he was talking about these people need to pay this and rich need to pay their fair share, I'm thinking people are tired of hearing this. Mm-hmm. They're just sick of it. They know there's no future in this. There's no and and, and there's no leadership in that. So, yeah, build it from uh, it should it should be built from the ground up, not from the top down, right? And that yeah. was his big point. And and it's a jab at Donald Trump's policies. Um, but you know, I looked at the I looked at the the day. It says you mentioned and i and i was thinking about the three people who were sitting there and i thought to myself i believe um we could take three people at random out of the new out of the new york city phone book right or or maybe maybe the sugarland texas phone book maybe maybe not new york city but just take three people at random out of the phone book glenn and i and put them in those positions and let those three be the leaders of the country <laughs> i think we'd be better off so yeah, it wasn't wasn't much of an uh, inspiring speech yet. The, the bat the bat signals went up all over the place for uh, the Donald the Donald yeah with Donald Trump's silhouette. Yeah, I, yeah. I saw that the night of the speech, and I thought that's perfect. Yeah, that's perfect. so yeah. So we had the speech uh, this week, the State of the Union, the second State of the Union by Papa Joe. Not much to uh, to speak of other than what we have already said. Not inspiring. Uh, a mediocre speech at best. A lot more, of course, going on. Uh, Ukraine. Russian attacks reportedly continue in Ukraine uh, despite a ceasefire pledge. Of course, uh, 
Russia cracking Putin cracking down on uh, the press, press walking off the the stage at, uh, at the RT studios. Elon Musk saying, "Hey, it's time to uh, get oil production back in gear." Even though he's Mister Electric Car, he realizes that uh, renewable energy is not going to fix this problem immediately. CDC also caught hiding data. This from the Epoch Times. Vaccination might increase risk of coronavirus infection. (laughs) So imagine that. CDC cooking the books. Um, Putin, of course, for his part, is calling on countries to normalize relations with Russia. Surprise there. Um, And then much discussion about this uh, business of Ukraine joining NATO. German chancellor has said this will not uh, take place. And, of course, Glenn, as we've already uh, discussed, New York City's mayor has indicated vaccine passports, school mask mandates, et cetera, all will end on Monday. And uh, and, uh, so much to talk about here on the show this morning. Try to get to a little more of it after the break. How could we do better with the relationship with Russia now? Well, uh, How could we improve our relationship with normalize? What would normalizing be? What would normalizing be? You know, interestingly enough, for much of the last 20 years, our relationship has been fairly normal. Absolutely. You know, it's only in, within the last couple of years that things have really run off the rails. But we'll talk a little bit more about that after the break. I'm Reese Boyd. That's Glenn Dye. And this is Saturday Morning Coffee. After these words, we'll be right back with more. Stick with us. Don't leave town. It's a thrill that'll get you when you get your picture on the cover of the Rolling Stone. Rolling Stone. Wanna see my picture on the cover? Text us, 843-798-TALK. Saturday morning coffee, the Reese Boyd Radio Hour on Talk 94.5. Hi, everybody. It's Reese Boyd, your host for Saturday Morning Coffee. We're here today talking with Greg Sisson of the Greg Sisson Team, EXP Realty. And, Greg, the question on everybody's mind these days, what is going on with this real estate market now? We have just come off three straight months of rising single-family home inventory, coupled with three straight months of slightly decreasing home sales. So what that tells us is the beginning of the shift is on. That frenzied market we felt this summer is really over. With and we're at the beginning of a shifting market. So this means if you've been waiting, waiting for this continued run up in the market, the time to get your property on the market is right now before things change more. Folks, that's great real estate advice from Greg Sisson. Reach Greg and the Greg Sisson team, EXP Realty at 843-251-2693 or reach them online at gregsisson.com. It's Greg Sisson and the Greg Sisson team, your choice for real estate experts here along the Grand Strand. Thanks for waking up with Saturday Morning Coffee, the Reese Boyd Radio Hour on Talk Good morning, everybody. Welcome back to Saturday Morning Coffee, the Reese Boyd Radio Hour. It's 735 on your Saturday morning. Thanks for joining us here on the big show. Talking about 
President Putin and all the things going on in Russia and the Ukraine just before the break. And I think the question, Glenn, is, is Putin crazy like a fox or is he just crazy? And I think that's an open question. Um, I don't think he's a genius necessarily. I know there's some discussion about Trump's comments. I don't think Trump thinks he's a genius. I think Trump was saying a couple of things in a limited context. Well, he was he was saying he was smart to do it at the time because we are the United States is showing weakness with Biden. Well, and, yeah, it's been a but yeah. that's a ongoing. Right. That wasn't going to change. I mean, and, it's but a, the, you know the point is during they they've had he's wanted this for a long time. Okay, he's wanted Ukraine for a long time, about, yeah, but during the Trump administration, yeah, he didn't, he didn't do, do anything. No, he didn't. So for, there are Democrats now that are saying that they wish that Trump was back. Um, not yeah. a lot, but there are people that are, you know, well, getting well, shortchanged on their on their what their vote was. They buyer's remorse, we people, would call it. Yeah, people realize, and I think many people, particularly voters. Now, if you're talking about Democratic politicians, I don't know how many are have yet turned, but nonetheless, many people who voted for Biden, I think, are completely uh, remorseful and upset with their choice. Look how many Democrats are not looking for re-election. Not going to re-elect. Mm-hmm. But I think ever since Biden, uh, ever since Putin has been president of Russia, I think one of his aims has been the restoration of as many of the former Soviet republics that broke away in 91 as possible and one of the things that you know i mean he's actually been i think that's been on his agenda for a long time i think what happened now is some things happened that uh that that gave him impetus to to do what you know he has been thinking about doing for a long time which is invade and i think we've simply pushed him uh over the edge and i think the the u.s uh, made some disastrous uh, policy decisions that contributed to that. But most recently, we found out this morning, as Russia continues to crack down on independent media outlets within its borders, one television news channel ended its broadcast, this from Fox News, by showing staffers walking off a set in an, in Thursday on Thursday in an act of pro- pro- protest. Excuse me. Regulators in Russia accused the channel also known as TV Rain, of inciting extremism, abusing Russian citizens, causing mass disruption of public calm and safety, and encouraging protest, the BBC reported. Uh, we need to the strength to exhale and understand how to work further, uh, the CEO of the, uh, the news company said in a social media post. Dozed has also halted its uh, website Independent Russian, the independent Russian news media is increasingly coming under scrutiny as news about Moscow's invasion of Ukraine depicts the struggles faced by the military as casualties on the battlefield and global criticism continue to mount. And of course, Putin has now signed a law that allows them to jail media personalities who say things online or in their webcast or, or newscast that they're deemed to be untrue. Well, as we were discussing, Glenn, who gets to decide what's true and what's not true? That's the $64,000 question. But this is what this is what life in a totalitarian society looks like. And so now you're going to find that there's even less press, which is really amazing to me because one thing that struck me, I'd be curious to hear what listeners think about this. Anybody want to chime in? But there is so much misinformation. This is the first war, you know, I 
remember Desert Storm. Mm-hmm. Uh, there was a, you know, there were people who said crazy things about Desert Storm uh, in various, uh, of course, the, 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 the Internet was not what it is today. Right. But we didn't have all the social media. But, you know, we've always had a narrative and, 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 and other contrary narratives, but there's always been a prevailing narrative. Here, this week, it's been very difficult to tell. What is the narrative? What is true? Where are the facts and what is just complete? Uh, what, what, there are deep fake videos circulating online that, that, that detail events that are completely fabricated, you know, completely untrue. You've heard about the, uh, the 13 soldiers who died on the island, defending the island from the Russian destroyer? No. Well, don't worry about it. It wasn't true. You know, don't, hmm. the, the guy that the, the uh, Russian uh destroyer contacted the the ukrainian base on the island i think it was just south of the crimea peninsula peninsula and they said you know prepare to surrender and he's like you know go have intimate relations with yourself right, right. and uh and the the theory was or the story was that all 13 of those of those soldiers died in defense of that island turns out that's not true didn't happen the uh the radio broadcast happened but the rest of it was was made up Apparently, okay i do remember the radio broadcast yeah, would be good. yeah. did you hear about the ghost of kiev no. Yeah, the, there was social media post about a fighter pilot that supposedly shot down five or six Russian uh, jets over uh, over Ukraine, something like that. Uh, yeah, great story, but it wasn't true. Hmm. Hmm. Uh, once it just a great story, but it just wasn't with no facts. Uh, and then on Twitter, Glenn, there's this thing, this phenomenon called "I stand by Putin." Um, that's a thing. I mean, it's a real hashtag on Twitter. It was trending. Turns out, guess what? It's just a propaganda effort uh, by the Russian government. They're, mm. they're, those folks work for Putin. So, you know, there's a there's a great uh, misinformation campaign. There's some, uh, you know, uh, General McGregor. I'm not sure if he's uh, retired U.S. military. He's some sort of military consultant. I got the impression that he's former U.S. military. He's on uh, Russian TV, RT, the RT channel, saying that Putin's not doing anything today that the United States didn't do in Cuba in the 1960s, in 1960. So, I mean, there's just, there is so much misinformation that's out there, and it makes you wonder, how do we get the real story out? And, of course, you've got Putin threatening to put press in jail if they say something contrary to the Russian uh, narrative. Yeah, you and I would not be doing a show in Russia, uh, or, 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 well, not Ukraine, of course, but in Russia, we no. would be afraid for our lives, and that's yeah. what these TV and radio uh, personalities have done. They they are running and basically running for their lives. And one thing that I noticed this week, you know, you hear a lot of harping, and we talked about this on Liz's show on Friday. Um, you hear a lot of harping about how corrupt Ukraine is mm-hmm. and how this and that and, and 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 the other. To me, there's no moral ambiguity here. I understand Russian Russia has reasons. We'll get to that. There's a great piece that appeared in the Wall Street Journal. We'll talk about a little bit just in a, in, a, in a second, but. There's no moral ambiguity here when when Russia, as our uh, astute vice president would say, when a big country invades a little country, right. you know, I mean, wow. uh, what, it's what, bad. Yeah, it's bad. What foreign yeah. policy analysis, uh, you know, training has she had? But that was really amazing. But there's no moral ambiguity here. I mean, right. this is just, you know, this is the uh, wrongful uh, attack uh, against a, a, a largely civilian population. They're not, they don't appear to be focused on the military assets of Ukraine. They're shooting missiles into apartment buildings. Yeah. And you've got uh, 
the vice president saying, oh, we're continuing to monitor the situation. We're watching for instances of targeting civilians. I'm like, you can go on the Internet in less than 30 seconds and you see video of the attacks where these Russian rockets are hitting uh, the, these Ukrainian apartment buildings. Right. How much how much evidence do you need? Yeah. And then look at the fire at the nuclear power plant. Yeah. You know, largest um, one in Europe. Yeah. And so it, it's really phenomenal. But it's it's amazing to me that we just don't know really glenn how we're getting the facts and and by the way on top of all this you know again the question that i opened this segment with is putin crazy or is he crazy like a fox did you know that did you hear that putin put his family in a nuclear proof bunker in siberia yes i mean when you've got a a world leader who has an arsenal of 5,000 nukes? 5,000 plus or minus nukes, not equal by anybody else on the planet with the exception of the U.S. Right. Uh, And he's putting his family in a bunker and saying the things that he's been saying this week. Like, it really makes you, really makes you think, wait a second, let's pause. How did we get here? And, um, and, And how do we, more importantly, how do we negotiate ourselves through this? And I think... Glenn, I think this has been a foreign policy disaster. Sure. There's so much we could say about how bad the Biden administration is. But as we noted, as we talked about yesterday on, on Liz Calloway's show, uh, you know, there have been times in the last two weeks when both sides of this dispute, Russia and Ukraine, have both been saying to the U.S. and its emissaries, sit down, sit down and shut up. Yep. Stay out of this. Yep. You're not helping. And when both sides of the table are, are telling your people that you got to stop and say, hey, wait a minute, <laughs> what are we doing here? Well, and everything was a, do- a day late and a dollar short. The sanctions, you know, they could have been done a month ago, two months ago. We knew what was coming. We should have done more to prevent this, in my opinion. Yeah. Now, do you think there's any Russians in the world that would like to kill Americans? Just a general question. I think the Russian people, by and large, do not hate Americans. I don't think so either, but do you I think, think there's there are, operatives? There are, there, are, there are plenty of Russian politicians who, you know, uh, demagogue and, mm-hmm. and and detest American politicians, but that, but that's well, we just took billion. We just basically seized billions of dollars. Oh yeah, absolutely. Uh, we've made it. Uh, the ruble is as low as it can get. Yeah. Um, but I mean, my my my. The reason I asked you that question is because we have cut off access by airplane from Russia to America. Right? They're not allowed to fly yes. in. We're not flying. No in. access to Russian okay. airplanes. Yeah. Okay, so. Why is the southern border still open? That's a great you, question. You know, there are a lot of there's not just Mexicans coming across the southern border and no. people from South America. There are several nations of people that are coming through. And we've been saying for weeks, Glenn, why why are we so concerned about the border of Ukraine when we're not even concerned? Why is the Biden administration so concerned about the border of Ukraine yeah. when they're not even concerned about the southern border of, of, of Texas? Mm-hmm. Very good question. Great article in the Wall Street Journal this week that I want to share with you guys from Tunku Varadarajan, one of my favorite opinion page writers at the Journal, uh, that has a lot to share that I didn't even realize. I'll share that with you guys after the break. So more to discuss here on the unfolding crisis in Ukraine. We'll be right back after these words from our sponsors with more Saturday Morning Coffee. I'm Reese Boyd. That's Glenn Dye. Don't leave town. Saturday morning coffee, the Reese Boyd Radio Hour, and more coming up next on Talk 94.5.
Hi, everybody. It's Reese Boyd, your host for Saturday Morning Coffee, and we're here today talking with Scott Pyle of Pyle Financial Services. Reese, Pamela and I have always cherished that we get to live on the coast of South Carolina. What a privilege it is to serve our friends and neighbors along the Grand Strand and beyond with clients in 27 states. And just this year, Pile Financial Services was recognized as the number one company in the country with our broker dealer out of Dallas, Texas. As we look to celebrate and ring in the new year, now is the time to review your financial relationships. 2022 could be a year of much volatility with elections, midterms, and potential tax law changes. If you don't have an advisor you trust, call Pile Financial Services at 843-945-4480 or find them online at pilefinancialservices.com. It's Pile Financial Services, aligning wealth with purpose. The Reese Boyd Radio Hour, two full hours on Talk 94.5. If you've been walking the same old road for miles and miles, if you've been hearing the same old voice at the same old lies, if you're trying to feel the same old holes inside, there's a better life. There's a better life If you got pain He's a pain taker If you feel lost He's a way maker If you need freedom Save it He's a prison shaking savior If you got chains He's a chain breaker Good morning, everybody. Welcome back to Saturday Morning Coffee, the Reese Boyd Radio Hour. It is 7.51 on your Saturday morning. Thanks for joining us here on the program. Show, show's flying by this morning, Glenn. Sure got lot, is. we got a lot to cover. You know, I don't know if you knew this. One thing we were talking about by, uh, Putin just before the break. Um, did you realize he's the world's richest man? I had no idea. No, I thought that was like I, Jeff Bezos. I thought it was Jeff Bezos. Yeah. Apparently, uh, the world's richest man is not American. The world's richest man is Russian, and his name is Vladimir Putin. Well, that was last week. He's not anymore, though. Well, right? that's an interesting question. The the uh, of course, I, I don't think many of his holdings are in rubles. You no. know, the oligarchs <laughs> and and the the rulers of Russia do actually not hold uh, ruble as their personal assets. They would be wiser than that. And they've got access to dollars and other forms of hard currency. So why would they hold rubles? And this week shows the wisdom of that. But yeah, and I haven't had a chance to look at uh, the, find a detailed estimate of his net worth, but apparently, you know, he's been in power for 20 years. And if you do business in Russia, you know, a, a little back sheesh is part of the deal. Right. And, and, Putin has been getting his cut, whether you're going there to buy oil or whatever, uh, sell things, buy things. Uh, Putin and his people get a little piece of the action. And apparently over 20 years, he's become the world's richest man. So if anybody knows what that net worth figure is, I'd be curious to hear from you. We've got some great research talent here on the uh, Saturday morning coffee crowd. As a matter of fact, Bill Barrett chiming in on the PCRXcomputers.com text line. With an estimate of 6,400 nukes for Russia. Bill, I've heard different numbers. Uh, Glenn just pulled up Wikipedia. That's yeah. got a number. Yeah, if you believe Wikipedia. Yeah, if you believe Wikipedia, but I've seen different numbers. The number I saw said approximately 5,000, but yeah. I wouldn't be surprised by the 6,400 number. As we were discussing just before the, we came back on the air, you only need a handful to, to, to do you know worldwide devastation. So I don't know that it terribly matters, but nonetheless, 
Um, Jesse the horse, Horseman checking in. Tim the Car Detail Guy. Art Ruffalicious checking in with some very funny stuff. Andy Thompson checking in. Good morning, y'all. Always good to hear from you on Saturday mornings. You know, uh, Reese, the, uh, the, Russian peop- uh, the Russian government and the Ukrainian government has enhanced the, um, the wealth of the Biden family. And it's substantially. In, yeah. And it's interesting that this is happening while Joe Biden is in in office. Uh, wasn't there another invasion when Joe Biden was in office as vice president? Well, you know, it's interesting, Glenn, <laughs> you can make a lot of you can make a lot of connections between uh, Biden and his family members and, and particularly Hunter and the things mm-hmm. that he's been up to and the problems that they have created. You know, there's a great article that was posted uh, to The Wall Street Journal by Tunku Varadarajan, and he there's some huge missteps that you're not being widely talked about. And he makes some uh, interesting points. He says Russia will win the battle. Uh, he's talking to Robert Service, who is a leading historian and author uh, and also an expert on uh, modern Russia. He says Moscow will win the war but lose the peace and fail to subjugate uh, Ukraine. And he talks about the Russian invasion of Ukraine re- resulted from two immense strategic blunders. The first came November 10, when the U.S. and Ukraine signed the Charter on Strategic Partnership, which asserted America's support for Kiev's right to pursue membership in the North Atlantic Treaty Organization, mm-hmm. NATO. Right. The pact made it likelier than ever that the Ukraine that Ukraine would eventually join NATO an intolerable prospect to Vladimir Putin. It was the last straw, Mr. Service says. Preparations immediately began back in November for Russia's so-called special military uh, operation in Ukraine. Service, by the way, is a is a professor emeritus at St. Anthony's College at Oxford. He's a Stanford, uh, uh, he's a fellow at Stanford's Hoover Institution. He's written biographies on Lenin, Stalin, and Trotsky. In um, uh, he uh, basically is a world uh, wide regarded expert on matters uh, Soviet and Russia, and he said the November agreement added heft to looser assurances that Ukraine had received earlier that uh, membership in NATO would be open to the country if it met the the alliance's uh, uh, criteria. Services characterizes these moves as shambolic mismanagement by the West offering encouragement to Ukraine on the NATO question, but giving no apparent thought to how such a move away from Moscow would go down with Mr. Putin. Nothing was done to prepare Ukrainians for the kind of negative response that they would get. And so uh, it's a fascinating article. We'll talk a little more about it. But, yeah, I think I think the West and the Biden administration in particular made some horrible moves oh, yeah. that yeah. set the stage for this. So... Yeah. Uh, what time we got? How much time we got? You got a couple more minutes. Oh, a couple more minutes. Yeah, All right, very the good. top of the hour news. Yeah. Okay. Very good. So yeah. So he continues in the article. I thought we had to go to a break, but yeah, we'll um, we'll uh, stick with it. He says uh, Ukraine is one of the hot spots in the mental universe for Vladimir Putin, and you don't wander in without a clear idea of what you're going to get. The West has known that since at least 2007, when Putin made a speech at a Munich conference that basically was, in services words a rage against Ukraine ever joining NATO. He was about to step down from the Russian presidency. He became prime minister, quote unquote, for four years. So it was his last lion's roar in the jungle. When he returned as president in 2012, he made it clear again that the Ukraine-NATO question was not negotiable. In July 21, he wrote an essay that foretold the invasion. 
Putin wrote an essay that foretold the invasion. Service sums it up as saying more or less that Ukrainians are Russians, that the Ukrainians and Russians are one people. He had said many times before, but not as angrily, not as punchily, not as emotionally. It rankles Mr. Putin that Ukraine would seek to join the West, not merely because he wants it as a satellite state, but he also can't allow life in a neighboring Slavic state to uh, in, to be enhanced with even a smidgen of democratic freedom. His Russian people might get dangerous ideas. Then he says the second strategic error that was was Mr. Putin's underestimation of his rivals. He despises the West and what he sees as Western decadence. And it, it's ironic that the world's richest man would despise the West for its decadence. But that's uh, that's Putin. So uh, in Mr. Putin's cocksure reckoning, that's confident thought process for those of you in Swansea. In Mr. Putin's cocksure re- reckoning, the invasion of Ukraine was going to be a pushover, not just in regard to re- Ukraine, but in regard to the West. And I think that's what you're talking about. Biden. So, what's that? Folks, we got to go. We'll take a break. We'll be right back after these words with more Saturday morning coffee. I'm Reese Boyd. Stick with us. It's Locals Appreciation Days at the Alabama Theater. See it in your eyes. It begins February 25th for a limited time only. Buy one ticket, get one ticket free. You're a local. Take advantage of Locals Appreciation Days. Call the box office anytime at 843-272-1111 or just visit the box office at the Alabama Theater Barefoot Landing. It's one, the show, at the Alabama Theater at Barefoot Landing. Take advantage of Locals Appreciation Days at the Alabama Theater. Buy one ticket, get one ticket, free. Saturday morning coffee. The Reese Boyd Radio Hour is now two full hours. Full hours on Talk 94.5. Ready? Finger, we have the finger. One, like a, like a, like a two, shaka. Good morning, everybody. Welcome back to Saturday Morning Coffee, the Reese Boyd Radio Hour. You've made it to the uh, bonus second cup hour of Saturday Morning Coffee, 8.07 on your Saturday morning. Going to be joined here in the studio in just a few moments by our own Savannah Craven, but also wanted to wrap up this article that we were sharing just before the news break that appeared in the Wall Street Journal by uh, uh, one of my uh, favorite authors in the journal. It's uh, Tunku Varadarajan. I love that I can say his name. That was good. That was pretty good, wasn't yeah. it? Yeah, it's a Tunku Varadarjan. I love that name. Tunku Interviewing uh, Robert Service, a, a author, historian, and expert on Russia. And one of the things in, you know, concluded about that the, the West and the United States in particular, our Foreign Service Division, the Department of State, made awful miscalculations encouraging Ukraine to enter NATO or to set the table for a, 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 a 
possible opportunity, a likely opportunity for Ukraine to, to join NATO in the future, when that's always been clear. And, and, and most people will tell you that was part of the deal at the breakup of the Soviet Union, that those states would not become part of NATO. And, and so a huge miscalculation, I think, on our on our department, on the part of the Biden administration and the West uh, generally. But, um, you know, they they his attitude is uh, as the Russian invasion continues into its second week. Service is pessimistic, certain that we're heading into a prolonged war that will end in the subjugation of Ukraine. He'll win the war, service is, referring to Putin, by flattening Ukraine. But he won't win the peace. The task of tranquilizing the Ukrainians is beyond the Russians. There's too much bile that has been let loose into the stomach of Ukraine. Looking to history for analogies, he rejects Czechoslovakia in 1968, preferring instead the example of Hungary in 1956, when Soviet tanks rolled into Budapest to quell a major uprising. When the Soviets suppressed the Hungarian Revolution, they had to pay for it economically, service says. They had to subsidize Hungary with oil and gas, and they bore a huge economic burden for the retention of Hungary within Moscow's political orbit. And that will be the case for Ukraine. And they'll be hated at the same time. Hated. Not to mention taking on the weight of appeasing a conquered people at a time when impoverishment in Russia itself is a problem. So not exactly a a great uh, prediction, but a fascinating article from uh, the Wall Street Journal, Tunku Varadarajan and Robert Service. And largely, folks, the Biden administration, the Department of State, we've brought much of this on ourselves by what we've done uh, in Ukraine over the last couple of years. That doesn't make it right. As we said, there's no moral ambiguity here, in my opinion. The Russians are wrong for doing what they're doing. And certainly the fact that we were talking about letting uh, Ukraine into NATO doesn't make it right. No. So, by the way, our own senior senator set the Twitterverse on fire this week. Yeah. Glenn, did you hear his comments? Yeah, Lindsey Graham. Yeah, yeah. set the Twitterverse on fire smart. with a tweet uh, that said, Is there a Brutus in Russia? Is there a more successful Colonel Stauffenberg in the Russian military? Uh, he's referring to the guy that tried to assassinate Hitler in World War II. The only way this ends, this is, again, your senior senator, Lindsey Graham, for somebody is for somebody in Russia to take this guy out. You would be doing your country and the world a great service. By the way, he said the same thing on uh, on Fox News with uh, somebody in Russia has to step up to the plate. Is there Brutus in Russia? Is there a more successful Colonel Stoppenberg in the <laughs> Russian military? The only way this sh- ends, my friend, is for somebody in Russia to take this guy out. You would be doing your country a great service and the world a great service. And I'm not sure what he was trying to really accomplish with that, Glenn. But, you know, Liz asked me about that on the show Friday. And I said, you know, there's something that's just not quite right. And I was thinking to myself there was some sort of international treaty or something that was, you know, that that was problematic. And, of course, think about it this way. What would we do? I, You and I obviously don't like Biden. We think he's an awful president. Mm-hmm. But what what would our reaction be if some Russian politician called for the assassination of Joe Biden? There you go. We'd be ticked. Yeah. And uh, quite honestly, I heard that Putin is not the one holding what we call the football uh, for the nuclear codes. Really? Uh, that there are people around him that ha- that hold those and not Putin himself. So that would, uh, I, I believe that would start a uh, a world war three yeah oh definitely if there's an attempt on him that will be a yeah. serious problem and, and by, the, and by the way when liz asked me about it i thought well that's just not 
smart. But there was something I couldn't remember if there was some international treaty or something. But actually, uh, Glenn, it's in the code. You'll, you'll find this of interest. This is from the uh, U.S. Code. I looked it up. Section, uh, this is uh, Title 50, U.S. Code, uh, Section 301. This is the National Security Act of 1947. And it contains a provision that says no person employed by or acting on behalf of the United States government shall engage in or conspire to assassination. So it's not legal. Obviously, Lindsay hadn't read that. Obviously not. And there's also an executive order issued, I found out as well, an executive order issued by President Ford in 1976, which also makes uh, an an effort to engage as a country in the assassination of a foreign head of state is illegal. And but it's just a. It's an awful idea, but I learned some other interesting things while looking at the National Security Act, which I'll uh, share with you guys. No covert action may be conducted, which is intended to influence the United States political process. Did you know that was uh, so? I think there's a lot to talk about here, but we'll get back to that. But, yeah, the uh, Twitterverse was alit by our senior senators uh, remarks, and most of the comments were not negative writing in Politico. Uh, uh, Jack Schaefer wrote, Senator Lindsey Graham's call for a Russian citizen to perform a hit job on Vladimir Putin is such a self-evidently terrible idea that even Ted Cruz, himself a bottom load of 24-karat wretched thinking, dunked on uh, Lindsey Graham's stupidity. Uh, Lindsey Graham proposed Putin's assassination on both a Thursday broadcast of Hannity and on his Twitter feed. So just a uh, not a very good idea. Not the way we want to. Uh, not what we want to be advocating. Not sure what uh, Senator Graham was trying to uh, to accomplish there, but I think he was trying to set himself up as a tough guy. But that was not uh, the way the message was received. But joined here in the studio, switching gears now to one of our favorite guests here on Saturday Morning Coffee, our own Savannah Craven. Uh, Savannah is a musical artist. She's a rap artist. She is a conservative activist. She's been on the program many times. She's an accomplished actress. You got a you got a long and growing resume. <laughs> yes, yes. So, <laughs> welcome back to the show, Savannah Craven. Thank you so much. I'm so happy to be back. Oh, great! It's always great to have you. And what are we hearing here in the background? Oh, this is my uh, version of Let's Go Brandon that was released last November, and it has over a million views on YouTube. Wow. Yeah. That's awesome. Very good. It's called Let's Go Brandon? Yes. Wait, hear a little bit of it? Yeah. We might have guests under the tree. Let's go Brandon. Gas prices high. Let's go Brandon. Tax twice as high. Let's go Brandon. Shout out to Dave Chappelle. Shout out to Kyrie Irving. I'm praying for you as well. Let's go Brandon. Cancel, cancel culture, make a I like the swag that they yeah, got in the video. Very good. Yeah. Good stuff. Good swag. And, you know, just a little history lesson here. Uh, one of the highlights uh, of our past here on Saturday Morning Coffee, you debuted, uh, what was it, Be Like Candace? Yes. Here on this very show, in this yeah. very studio. So it's always great to have you with us. What have you been up to lately? The last time we talked, you were in Virginia doing a production of Oklahoma. Yes, and that, that was with James O'Keefe yeah. um, and a lot of other canceled artists. Right after that, I did another uh, show in right outside of Atlanta mm-hmm. um, in a place called Sonoy. And it was a brand new production of the Salem Witch Trials, but it was like a musical version. Oh, wow. And so that was quite an experience because it was, again, immersive. And so it was out um, mm-hmm. in the in the cold. An <laughs> in outdoor, another outdoor production? Yes. Well, 
we really wanted to come see Oklahoma. It yeah. did, it was scheduling issues prevented that from happening, but right. we um, we we made a very valiant effort to get up there to bring yes. a crowd to see you. I appreciate that. Um, and then just recently, my ro- most recent um, acting experience was I was cast for James O'Keefe's book launch in Miami, and we basically did a musical performance of his life, his story. So that was great. Go buy oh, wow. his book, American Muckraker. It's incredibly inspiring and you know, it tells the story of him as a journalist, him getting arrested and him exposing Planned Parenthood. So it's an amazing story. And I'm I'm so grateful to call him my friend. And is this an ongoing production that you're still involved? So in? So it went really, really well. We had guests like Rob Smith, Madison mm-hmm. Cawthorn, Matt Gates, um, and they were all there. And no one was expecting what we were about to put on. Right. When you think of a book mm-hmm. lot and you think of the author standing up there talking and being yeah. like, you know, this is my life. But we basically just started it and we <laughs> were dancing and and singing and playing music and so people were shocked and it was different than anything else that anyone had really seen before uh so we've been getting a lot of requests and ideas that maybe we should go on tour with this so that would be that would be incredible i think that sounds like a fun project yes um so you were at CPAC, I think. I saw some video updates from CPAC. How was CPAC? Oh, it was wonderful. You know, I always love being in the free state of Florida and seeing our great 45th president speak. It was very inspiring. You know, he has this great way of reaching um, the American people, unlike a lot of other politicians, because he feels like he's really talking to you, you know. Um, so it was great to hear him speak, and uh, I think he basically announced that he was winning without ac- or running without running. actually saying that he was running. So that's something to look forward to. I think he's informally said several times that he's <laughs> yeah. running, but he, I don't think he's officially said that he's running. Right, so right. That's an interesting. Yeah, it's uh, you know, and he's coming to Florence. Yes. a week from today. Yes, I will be there. Are so. you going to be there? Mm-hmm. Well, folks, we are talking to Savannah Craven. Can you stick around through a break? Absolutely. All right. We're going to be right back with more Savannah Craven and more Saturday morning coffee. I'm Reese Boyd. That's Glenn Dye. And we're joined here in the studio by our favorite guest, Savannah Craven. Stick with us. We'll be right back. Then he met Barack. Was impressed because he talked proper. At the time, he would have thought a black guy was an arm robber. Some sort of thief. Cargo ship stuck at sea. Thanks to DeSantis, cause we might have guests under the tree. Saturday morning coffee. Call the show at 843-903-2945. The Reese Boyd Radio Hour returns after these on Talk 94.5. Hi, everybody. It's Reese Boyd, your host for Saturday morning coffee. And we're here talking with Scott Pyle of Pyle Financial Services. Scott, why would folks be well served to contact Pyle Financial Services if they need assistance with their financial planning? Reese, wrapping your wealth around your purpose is not just a slogan. It is the heart and soul of our firm. And how we do that is getting to know you and making sure you know your purpose. Then our keep more strategy is deployed. We want you to keep more so you can spend more and then you can give more and then one day you can leave more. And just this year, Pile Financial Services was recognized as the number one company in the country with our broker-dealer out of Dallas, Texas. It's Powell Financial Services. Reach them anytime at 843-945-4480 or find them online at powellfinancialservices.com. It's Powell Financial Services, aligning wealth with purpose. Saturday morning coffee, the Reese Boyd Radio Hour on Talk 94.5. All right, stop. Collaborate and listen. Ice is back with my brand new invention. Something 
Grabs her older me tightly, flowing like a awful. They lead nightly, will it ever stop, y'all? I don't know. Turn off the lights, and I'll go to the extreme. I rock a mic like a band, light up the stage and wax a chalk like a candle dance. Caress the speaker that booms, I'm killing your brain like a poisonous mushroom deadly. When I play a dope melody, anything less than the best. So felony, love it to leave it, you better can't wait. Good morning, everybody. Welcome back to Saturday Morning Coffee, the Reese Boyd Radio Hour. It is 8.22 on your Saturday morning. Thanks for joining us here on Saturday Morning Coffee. Thrilled to be joined here in the studio this morning by one of our favorite guests, Savannah Craven. Savannah, just before the break, we were talking about CPAC, but you've uh, you've been involved in a lot lately. One of the things that we were talking about and something that happened last week I think they were trying to deflect attention from Ukraine, but Biden announced his pick uh, for the Supreme Court, Katanji Brown Jackson. And you and I had some comments about that. Oh, what What are your thoughts on Miss Jackson, Judge Jackson, I should say? Yeah. So here's the thing. We heard, you know, that Biden, before he announced that it was going to be uh, Katanji Brown, that it was going to be a black woman. Why that is important, I have no idea. But this is just another instance where the left is only focused on race. And the way that this this can seriously have the potential to, to discourage young men and women that want to be a lawyer, want to be a Supreme Court justice, because rather than how hard that they work or, you know, their merit and the content of their character, they're going to be judged on their skin color and gender. It's really, yeah. really sad that we are are in 2022 and we have an administration and a party that so focuses on the color and gender this is not what martin luther king would have wanted he would have wanted his children and society at this point to be judged on the way that they uh how hard they work and their merit and so it's we're we're actually going backwards yeah yeah and it's it's really sad it's very sad yeah It's, it's, it's a tragedy um and you hit the nail on the head martin luther king said i i have a dream that one day little children of any color will be judged, not by the color of their skin, but by the content of their character. But yet, and we've said it on this show many times, and you just said it, if you want to have a world, a country, a society, a culture where people don't judge people based on the color of their skin, the first thing that needs to happen is the government needs to quit treating people differently based on the color of their skin. Exactly, because it's like your color, your gender, it doesn't define how the the job that you're going to do or, you know, the quality of yourself. That is not where we are at this point. And so it's it's just a shame. I I wish I wish the part this party would stop making everything about race. It would really help us out. You know, I I just they want to put a black woman on the moon. Yeah, it's yeah, yeah. it's going to be. Well, and and once you once you go down this path, where does it stop? Because right. we're we're, exactly. we're going backwards. We're, yeah. going, well, we're not we making saw... progress on on the race issue. Right. We're, we're actually moving in the wrong direction. Yeah, and we saw the last time, you know, when Biden chose someone based on their skin color and their gender, and how that's working out. <laughs> yeah. How did that work out for yeah. us? Yeah, and you know, I I always wish the best. I wish the best, you know, for Kamala when she, you know, became our vice president, and I wish the best for Katanji Brown Jackson. But I find it really hard to support anyone that this administration supports. Yeah. I'm going to be honest. Well, and she is. You mentioned you were not familiar with her rulings. Let me just say this: she is not a mainstream judge. She is a hard leftist. Yeah. Um, this is. Uh, 
This is Trey Vaught writing in Substack. He said uh, in an effort to take the news cycle off of Ukraine, he's nominated far-left Democratic partisan Katanji Brown-Jackson. That's Miss. That's uh, Katanji, Judge Jackson, if you're nasty. Um, while Jackson isn't well-known among most Americans, including uh, the author, some good old-fashioned research reveals her to be exactly what you would expect from Biden's handlers, a mm. political hack with no respect for the Constitution. Um, she has uh, basically... Uh, talked about her rulings include um, Trump's uh, holding uh, as invalid Trump's executive orders that allowed the government to uh, hold federal employees accountable. Katanji uh, Judge Jackson blocked that. It was such an awful legal decision that it was unanimously reversed by the D.C. Circuit Court of Appeals. And when the D.C. Circuit is relied upon to restore sanity, you know you have reached a new law. Judge Jackson also uh, new low, excuse me. Judge Jackson also blocked the Trump administration's effort to expand the expedited removal program for deporting illegal immigrants faster. She has become the darling. You'll you'll appreciate this, um, Savannah. She's become the darling of the far left, who have applauded her childish and nakedly political refusal to use the term alien or illegal immigrant in her legal opinions. Wow. How can you be a judge? <laughs> And and say, I'm not going to use these words in my legal opinions. Right. It's ridiculous. It's whatever. They make up their own rules. It's like they have their own <clears> definitions <throat> for everything. Yeah. They can do everything. But it's, it's silly. Like, you can't change words. You can't change the dictionary. Yeah. And so, wow. They, wanna, they, wanna, <laughs> they want to, the left, the progressive left, and this is a recurring theme, they want to redefine reality mm-hmm. to suit their purposes, their matrix, their political objectives. And if you are, if you knock on the on, on the door and say, "Hey, the emperor's got no clothes. None of this is real," that you're you're canceled. Yeah, you're not part of the you're not part of the discussion. Yeah, and that's why so many people are so brainwashed because they think they can make their own definitions of everything. They think that they can make their own reality, and that's just not the truth. Yeah. Um, Judge Jackson also ruled that former White House Counsel Don McGahn had to comply with a subpoena from congressional Democrats. A decision that an appeals judge said wrongly gave power to unelected judges, also known as judicial activism. In 2015, Judge Jackson ruled in favor of a Hillary Clinton aide, Mm -hmm. Philip Raines, shielding him from having to explain why he used a private email account for official work on behalf of the administration. Um, and as a matter of fact, Jackson has such a striking record of reversals that it has made, you know, it has made news. She's become famous. By the way, she also has worked for terrorists as a private lawyer. She's worked for various terrorists who've been uh, confined at Guantanamo. And by, by that, I don't, I mean, l- everybody deserves a lawyer. Right, right. But, but she has taken a terribly partisan approach uh, to her work on behalf of terrorists, including a Taliban intelligence officer who was likely uh, the leader of an intelligence, uh, I mean, of a, of a terrorist sale. Wow. So, and she's taken, she's been very aggressive at shielding protesters from abortion clinics. I mean, if you are within a mile of an abortion clinic and you raise uh, an anti-abortion sign, apparently the First Amendment doesn't protect you, according to oh. Judge Jackson. Oh, wow. So, well, the left says she's perfect. Right. Well, she's oh, of perfect. course, because they're only focused on that outer exterior. Like, we need black res- representation. I think it's great. We should have representation. This is America. Sure. But again, picking someone based on what they look like. I mean, literally, this woman could be a mass murderer and the left would still be like, yeah, she's a black woman. It's like, yeah. really? Well, what, I thought from the very beginning it would have been better had he just been quiet, 
selected a black yeah. woman to put her in. Not then made it the every, issue. And then exactly. everybody would have said, wow, look at that. He appointed. Exactly. But, but they always out, make yeah. it a point yeah. to focus on the race. It's like. Well, and, and frankly, even if you are the black woman who is nominated, why would you want your nomination to the Supreme Court? Because think about this. Every time the, the seat comes up on the Supreme Court, they, there's a list that's circulated. Donald Trump famously circulated the list of people that he would consider for the high court. And it was a diverse list. And But yet, if you're the black woman who is on the list, who makes the short list, why would you want your nomination tarnished? Uh, everybody who's going to say, well, she's she made the short list because she's a black woman. Right. I mean, we they're not even recognizing like I mean, I think going to Harvard, graduating from Harvard, that's pretty impressive. Right. But Absolutely. they're not focused on that. They're focused on what she looks like. And, you know, like you said, we're just going backwards. Yeah. It's a shame. Well, I appreciate your insight. And, and we need more people who think about the world like you do. Anything else you want to share with us? Got anything coming up? Um, So I, I actually just took a con contracting job with live action uh, it is lila rose's organization yeah. the whole point of it is inspiring and educating young people about uh the horrors of abortion so i will be an official tiktok creator um so that's really exciting awesome yeah so savannah how can folks find you on social media how can they follow you what can they what can they do to learn more about savannah craven absolutely you can find me in all platforms at savannah a craven and follow along with what i'm doing all right. Well, let us know when there's another production that we can come see or just keep us posted and we'll uh, we'll have you back on the show anytime. Come yes. talk to us anytime. We love having you on the show. Thank you so much. I love being here. Folks, it's Savannah Craven and this is Saturday Morning Coffee. I'm Reese Boyd. That's Glenn Dye. We'll be right back with more after these words from our sponsors. Don't leave town. Local news and more. The Reese Boyd Radio Hour is now two full hours. More Reese means more coffee. Coming up next on Talk 94.5. There ain't a thing in the world take me back like a dark-haired girl. Good morning, everybody. Welcome back to Saturday Morning Coffee, the Reese Boyd Radio Hour. It's 8.35 on your Saturday morning. I want to thank Savannah Craven for joining us here on the program. Always fun to speak with uh, Savannah about her many projects, what she's got going on. Isn't she great? I mean, Wonderful young lady. She is just top drawer. Yep. Top drawer. Yep. So always fun soul. to reconnect with her and find out what she's up to. Encourage you guys to follow her on uh, social media, Twitter, and all the places where she's at, YouTube, where her videos can be found. A million views. Yeah. That's pretty impressive. Yeah. Yeah, that's amazing. That is amazing. We haven't gotten a million hits on the Saturday morning po- coffee podcast Well, that yet. gives you room for improvement. We got, we got, <laughs> we got something to shoot for. So yeah, something to shoot for. We got for. something to shoot for. Uh, folks, right now we're joined here in the studio by another special guest. We've got Jeanette Spurlock joining us. Jeanette is a candidate for the United States Congress, the House of Representatives in the 7th District of South Carolina. That is the seat currently held by Tom Rice. Of course, many folks now vying for that seat, the primary to be held uh, just a couple of months from now in June. 
And we've had a, quite a few of the candidates here on the show. I realized this week, I noticed that uh, you had an um, event in Ainer a couple of weeks ago, Jeanette, and I realized we had not had you on the show. And so I thought we've, we've reached out to just about everybody. I need to get you on the show, give you a chance to tell your story. So welcome to Saturday Morning Coffee. Well, good morning, and thank you. It's a real honor to be here. I appreciate this well, invitation. Well, well, listen, the honor is all ours. We actually had a, had a couple of the folks who are running uh, contact me and want to come back on the show. And I thought, well, I, need, I want to make sure I've made the rounds uh, with everybody before I get into back to for more with with any of the other candidates. So it's a huge deal. We were just talking about this before you came on the air. Putting your name on the ballot is a, a very big deal. It's not an easy thing to do. It takes a great deal of courage. So let me say, having tried it myself uh, in, in the past, I, my hat is off to you. You have my you have my condolences and you have my admiration. So So what caused you to decide you wanted to run for Congress? Well, you know, for years, I think just like everybody else, I've paid attention to politics. I've been interested in politics. This is where I live. This is where I've raised my family. Um, So what happens around me and what happens to my family and future um, generations has always been important. Um, And there's, you know, over the last probably 10 years or so, um, I've really kind of dug in. My heart has belonged to politics and what's happening around us. And Mm -hmm. um, I was really inspired. I got my main inspiration when Trump was calling on all of us to drain the swamp, to step up, to have a voice, quit being silent on that silent majority um, needed to come to an end if we were going to make some change. Um, And so I started paying attention to uh, the representatives that in every position all around me. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, this is going to be a tough job. I mean, there's no secret how difficult it is. And I'm sure you remember well how difficult it is to break into um, Horry County politics. I mean, there is a, I don't want to say a closed group, but it seems like it's the same type of people, connection of people that constantly keep rolling through. Mm-hmm. And it was going to be a big fight no matter which office I chose. And so um, if I was going to be heard, I wanted it to be heard as far and wide as I can possibly get it. Yeah. And then I was going to let God just guide my path. Wherever you want me to go is where I'm going to go. But I am going to stand up for the people in this area. And it's in my heart. And there's nothing that's going to stop me from doing that. Yeah. Well, that's great. I um, had a guest here on the show. I believe it was last week. We were joined here in the studio by John Napier. John uh, Napier is a former congressman. He actually represented this area in Congress many years ago. He's one of my sort of political. He's one of the first politicians I I, uh, did some volunteer work for as a kid. And he's one of my political heroes, mentors, I guess you would call it. And we were talking about, I said, John, what can we do? Because the, the, the status in D.C. inside the Beltway, in Congress in particular, but elsewhere, obviously, we have a real problem with the administrative state, but we've got a problem with Congress. And, and how do we fix Congress? And he said, you know, what we need in Congress is more citizen legislators. We need more people who will go about the business of life and at some point take a few years off to serve a term or two or three in Congress, but then go back to doing what they were doing. You don't need career politicians who become, you know, uh, dependent upon the graph of public public service. Ironically, is what we call it, but it's it's really graph for a lot of these folks. Yeah, and and that is not the way that the founding fathers intended our government to function. And I know some people say. 
it's too quaint to try to suggest that we can go back to 1787 because we can't. But the fact is we need citizen legislators. That's what they wanted, and that's what we need. What's even more ironic about that is yeah. our current representative, um, his first year in office, he co-sponsored a bill just saying that exact same thing, that Congress should have a three-term limit. And then give it back to the people for that congressman or woman to go back home and to um, let the next person come in. Mm -hmm. I'm a firm believer in that as well. Um, I will let, of course, the people determine what that term limit is. But I'm I'm 100 percent on board with that rotation. What happens is you keep politicians that become career politicians in office. They quit being innovative. They start follow, following the status quo, doing what you know, everybody wants them to do, but mm-hmm. they're not coming in with their own fresh new ideas. And we always need that because it's ever changing. I, I have a list of about six or seven things. It grows occasionally of things that we need if okay. we're going to fix this country. And I think term limits, the founding fathers didn't include that in the, in the equation because I don't think they anticipated the career politician. But – I think term limits is one thing that we need now. It's at the near the top of my list. And I think, you know, three terms in Congress, uh, two terms in the Senate. Once you've done that, you've had plenty of time to figure it out and, and make your dent in the universe. And you need to move on. Mm-hmm. So, um, Jeanette, what is the uh, if you're elected to Congress, what are the first three things you'll do? One of the things that's most important to me mm-hmm. is revamping our welfare system. We have a system where we um are here to help people that fall on hard times. Um, And one of the things that we're doing or not doing is offering them an exit strategy. We're offering them only the opportunity to come absorb as much as they need um, as far as assistance goes. But if we would need a longer segment to do this, but Mm -hmm. I actually worked all the numbers on what it costs to take care of a family of three. I'm going to say a single parent with two children, which is pretty common. Um, That dollar amount, when you look at it over a year's time is roughly in that $40,000 range. If you take into consideration that single parent, it works at least part time. So these people have to find a job that exceeds that in order for it to make sense to them to get off the system because there's no encouragement to do so. So that is super important to me because we see generations of people remaining on the system. And I think that's part of what our issues are with our ways that we think about things, our mentality. I bet there's a huge swash of people who feel like they're being overlooked. Well, it's because they're not actively participating in society, but our government is doing that to them. And allowing that to happen. I think we have made a huge mistake, a huge mistake in the last couple of years under the guise of responding to COVID in paying people not to work. And it hasn't been means tested. It's not been based on any lack of employment or anything. It's just been throwing literally money out of the side of a helicopter. Exactly. And and I think we've we've devastated the work ethic in this country. Yeah. And, And I think we're paying a price for it. And it's all it, it is all to keep the citizens uber dependent on the government. And the yeah. government is not was not set up. Amen to that. Yeah. yeah. It was set up to do this. They're yeah. supposed to keep us safe, secure, 
public transportation with limited reach. I mean, it's up to the states to decide what they're going to do with their people. And I'm frustrated as a citizen that the government is constantly in the state's business and not letting us make our own decisions and threatening us with sanctions, not paying hospitals if you don't do X, Y, Z. I mean, that's crazy to me. We'll get you another ding for that because one of the things on, on the list of things that I think we need, we've got to restore some meaningful balance to the federal system. We've got to allow states to be laboratories of democracy and to do make certain policy decisions that they think are best for their people. And, you know, if you back to what you were talking about welfare, if you go back to the 19, what is it? 62, whenever LBJ declared war on poverty Mm -hmm. and you look at the total value of all the, the, the wealth transfer payments that have been made in the name of fighting poverty in this country. And yet poverty, it's an astonishing amount of money. It's a staggering amount of money. And yet poverty is still with us. Mm -hmm. We're not, we haven't made, a real meaningful dent in it. In fact, it's still out there. And we, but yet we've got generations of people who are, as you said, mm-hmm. dependent upon the government. Yeah, because they they never have had an opportunity to have somebody truly lift them up and help them out of a situation. And I'm an advocate for that. I mean, you know, I, I was a single mom. All of my kids are adults now, obviously, for many, many years. And there were times where it was hard on me. Yeah. But because I got a little bit of child support every month, mm-hmm. I, I didn't qualify for everything, yeah. anything. So um, I I had to find in myself the willpower to get out there and keep pushing and keep trucking and keep trying to figure out ways to provide for my family. And I'm blessed with a parent structure, family structure that did that also. So I had something to remember that my mom was a single mom also, and she worked two jobs. I mean, in the 70s, raising two little girls, can you imagine what that was like, you know? And she did. She kept it going. And my concern is generation after generation, this is what we're teaching a huge swash of people. And when you try to look up the exact numbers of what is actually being paid out into these programs, they have it so grouped up in so many other things like Social Security benefits, which I'm not talking about, disability benefits, which I'm not talking about. So you can't even – they almost hide what that real number is so that oh, yeah. way we don't know. It's very hard to figure out actually where all the money mm-hmm. is going. So, Jeanette, if folks want to learn more about you, can, can they find your campaign online? How can they do that? Yeah, you can. Um, you could go to my website. It's um, simply JeanetteSpurlock.com. I'd be happy to see you there, um, talk with you there. There's um, access to me via email. Um, you can call me. My phone number is on there. I'm also very um, active on Facebook. Mm-hmm. At any given time, you can find me on there. Um, Jeanette Spurlock for United States Congress um, is my webpage. And, of course, Jeanette M. Spurlock is my private page. I still love that page, so I spent a yeah. lot of time on that. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, well, feel free. Always reach out to me. I'm I'm a talker, so come talk to me about whatever that, you matters to and, you. And this is your first radio broadcast, so thank, yes. you for, thank you for making your debut here on Saturday Morning Coffee. Woo-hoo. Well, and thank you for inviting me. This is a lot cooler than I thought it was. Oh, yeah. We have fun. We remember our first, too. Yeah. Do you? <laughs> you always remember your first. Folks, well, this was awesome. Thank it's, you. It's uh, Jeanette Spurlock, candidate for Congress. Give us that web address one more time. It's JeanetteSpurlock.com. Jeanette Spurlock. Spurlock.com. Check her out. She's brave, she's courageous, and she's fighting the good fight. Folks, it's Jeanette Spurlock. Thanks for joining us here on the show. Come back anytime. Thank you. I appreciate that. We'll be right back after these words from our sponsors, folks. I'm Reese Boyd. Don't leave town. Saturday morning coffee. The Reese Boyd Radio Hour is now two full hours. 
More Reese coming up next on Talk 94.5. folks, on your Saturday morning. Welcome back to Saturday Morning Coffee. Brother, let me be your fortress. Let us be your shelter, if we can, anytime. Let us know. Uh, I want to thank Jeanette Spurlock. What what an awesome lady. Courageous and and slugging it out on Mm -hmm. the campaign trail. Earning it. I told you at the break I would never run for anything. Earning it the old-fashioned way. Yeah. Uh, really, really impressed to meet her. What a what a sweet lady! And uh, thank her for thank you, Jeanette, for joining us here on Saturday morning coffee. You know, Glenn. After I had my little uh, attempted foray into politics, I ran. I, I had this expression that I shared with folks: "It is not something that rational people should want to do. Mm-hmm. I mean, it is not an easy thing, but yet it's something that we have to do. You know, mm-hmm. it's something that people, if you feel the urge, you know, there." Again, you can make the argument that you need to have a ton of courage and maybe a, a little bit of a lack of sense, but mm-hmm. it's something that we need to do. People need to run and 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 force that issue. You know, we're not going to have, we're never going to have a Congress full of citizen legislators if a lot of citizens don't run. Right, and that's the solution. So, hats off to Jeanette Spurlock and everybody else who is uh, running for Congress uh, to. Uh, to continue uh, or to represent us in uh, in uh, in the halls of Congress, so uh, congratulations, Jeanette, on that. I encourage y'all to check her campaign out at JeanetteSpurlock dot com, folks. I don't know how we've done it. The show has flown by, Glenn, and we have not even gotten through the stack. Um, got a lot more to cover. Don't think we're going to cover it today, but I want to thank all our guests. And uh, there were some other things I wanted to share with you on inflation, and also uh, uh, another uh, comment or two about Katanji Brown Jackson. But nonetheless, we'll uh, save that piece of the stack uh, for a later date. You could probably cover inflation in like two seconds. Well, you know, there's an interesting <laughs> piece. There is an interesting piece. And, in, you know, I wrote something on Facebook this week. Somebody had posted um, a, a picture of a gas pump and said, you know, I'm, I'm so enjoying I'm back to the days of $100 fill-ups. Right. And, and I just, I thought innocuously posted, Welcome to Joe Biden's America. Mm-hmm. Well, a friend of mine, an acquaintance of mine, a fellow member of the bar, posted on my Facebook page just really ugly comments about how I was shilling for Trump. I'm like, dude, I'm not shilling for anybody. The post isn't about Trump. The right. post is about the current deplorable state of affairs in the United States of America, including the fact that, you know, it takes a small mortgage to go fill up your your, your gas tank mm-hmm. if you have if you have a a 20-gallon gas tank. Well, and the fact that Jen Psaki said that it's nothing that Biden's done. Nothing. Yeah, it's not his problem. Ukraine. And if it's yeah. not his problem, why are they so upset? And we're certainly not shilling for Trump when we point out the obvious. But yeah. Victor, Victor Davis Hanson, one of my favorite thinkers, had an interesting piece uh, this week in the, um, I think this was in the um, uh, Epoch, Epoch Times. He said, you know, the Biden inflation octopus. And, and frankly, you know, this friend of mine, and these people said that, the inflation that we're experiencing, it's now well over 7 closer to 8%. And I think the rate, Glenn, is understated. 
10 is what they're talking. Yeah. yeah. The, the 7.5 official rate that you're hearing, I think, is significantly understated, mm. uh, understated based on the way they measure it. And people know, if you know what you've been spending on groceries, say, a year ago, 18 months ago, versus what you spending are spending now, people know that their quality of life is decreasing. Yeah. It's not hard to figure out. It's not rocket science. And this acquaintance slash friend of mine, I don't know that we're friends anymore. He said basically his position was that that the inflation we're now experiencing is a result of the quantitative easing policies of the Fed over the last 10 to so many however years, which, which, by the way, those policies weren't smart. They they, they created the potential for weakness in the currency. But that's not what's causing the inflation that we're experiencing today. Um, Victor Davis Hanson wrote a piece in the Epoch Times, said Democrats will suffer historic losses in the November midterms. Uh, because of inflation, because it's the one thing that people won't give him a pass on. And uh, he says the disaster in the party will come not just as a result of the Afghanistan debacle and appeased Russian President Vladimir Putin's invasion of Ukraine, the destruction of the southern border, the supply chain mess, or their support for critical race theory demagoguery, but the culprit will be, and it will be a political wipeout, will be out-of-control inflation. So that's your uh, parting wisdom for the show and how much, how, how are we doing on time? Two minutes? Two yeah. and a half. Two and a half. All right, very good. I thought you were, I thought that was the 30 seconds. That's the three. That's the three. That's I thought that the, was 30 we, seconds. I don't, oh, you scared me for a minute. Aye, aye, aye. Aye, So, folks, let me leave you with this bit of uh, parting wisdom. You know, we started the parting wisdom segment with uh, last week with 25 bits of life wisdom uh, that were published in the Epoch, again, in the Epoch Times by Ma- Mike Dongia. We didn't get through the entire list. So I wanted to just wrap up today with a few of the pointers. We ended with spend less than you earn. Again, that's getting harder and harder thanks to Joe Biden and the inflation octopus. But overspending is an avoidable source of misery. Uh, next piece, get really good at something. You'll be useful to others, and this is good for both you and them. I don't know about you, Glenn. I feel like I'm sort of moderately good at a great many things, but I'm not, yeah, I don't know yeah. that I'm really, yeah. really good. It's like I know, I know at I, anything. Yeah, I know a little bit. About I know a, a little bit of a lot of things. Yeah. So that's that's good advice. Uh, don't wait until you feel like it. Tell yourself you'll do something tomorrow, but you won't. Don't underestimate your ability to fool yourself with that trick for years on end. Uh, that's a good, good advice. Don't put it off. If it's, if it's something worth doing, do it now. Life's greatest pleasures are free. Would you rather be a billionaire without friends or living paycheck to paycheck with three of the best friends a person could ever have? Billionaire with no friends. Yeah, I was about no. to say, I, was this a rhetorical question? Because I think that one was a little ambiguous. Private uh, Island I mean, sounds really good to yeah, me, buddy. Yeah. I, I think I'll take the billion and no uh, friends. I don't that, even need cell phone that, service. I don't think that was what the author intended. He says, that should tell you all you need to know about the value of friendship. Uh, enjoy the journey. Don't be in such a hurry to be a day older. More is never enough. If you can't find in contentment with what you have now, more will only make it worse. Yeah. Exercise every day. If the benefits of exercise could be put into a pill, it would be the greatest scientific breakthrough in history. Spend each day trying to be a little wiser than when you woke up. And that's what we try to do here, folks. I try to leave you with a little bit of wisdom in every show to make Saturday morning coffee time well spent, worth your while every Saturday morning. Let me leave you with this bit of wisdom from the Proverbs. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not on your own understanding, in all your ways, acknowledge him, and he will direct your paths. That's Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. 
Y'all have a great week. Be blessed. We'll see you next week for more Saturday Morning Coffee. Thanks for waking up with Saturday Morning Coffee, the Reese Boyd Radio Hour on Talk 94.5.